Hey, y'all. I'm Brian. I'm an alcoholic. Just grateful right now. Very grateful. Blessed. Uh, to be sober and to be here carrying a message. Uh, you know, it's a miracle that I'm sober, and I'll keep saying it to the day I die because, you know, a miracle is something that I can't believe. You know, I, you can't believe that it happened. It's like, you know, unbelievable. You can't explain it. And that's kind of what happened to me. I can't explain how, you know, that I don't drink today. And because, uh, you know, there was a time in my life where I, I never would have even imagined myself sober. And if you told me I'd be sober one day, you know, I would have laughed in your face. And I was like, ain't no way. I had no desire to be sober. Um, I thought that, you know, that life would be terrible. And so, but, but I was fooled, man. Because today, you know, my life is more full than I ever could imagine. Uh, I'm happy, joyous, and free, you know, despite, like, the day in and day outs of, you know, real life. You know, I feel that peace um, in, in, in the best times and in the worst. You know, I feel that. I believe that. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been through a lot. I've been through more than I would wish on, like, my own enemies. But because of AA and because of this fellowship as a whole, you know, I was able to walk through that stuff. So, you know, I, it's because I got a sponsor. It's because I got a home group. It's because of men's groups that I was able to get through, uh, you know, early recovery and get that foundation. Because um, to be honest with you, those fundamentals that I learned early on in those meetings with those men carried me. You know, they, it was the, it's like the, the vital fundamentals that I needed to learn. And I think that if I went a different path, I might not be here today. Without them, I'd probably be drunk. I mean, let's just be honest. So, you know, uh, March is a big month celebrating a lot. My birthday, you know, my belly button birthday, um, my sobriety birthday. Picked up 10 years, March 17th. You know, I, I used to look at people with years, and I'm like, ain't no way. I'm going to mess it up somehow. Because, like, that's what I used to do. That's what I mean. I'm, I, I even would sabotage things because success is very difficult for me when you're used to, you know, failure. So uh, to, come, to get that huge accomplishment is a gift. And, uh, you know, if you're new and you're wondering, like, you know, how in the hell I'm going to do this thing, you know, to be honest with you, it's as simple as what they tell you. Keep coming back. Don't leave before the miracle happens. And you're going to know. You know, you might not, it might not be a big, huge moment, but that time when that desire to use and drink is lifted, you know, that's what I call the miracle. When you want to be sober more than you want to drink, you know, that's, that's when you know. So uh, let me tell you how it all happened. All right, because uh, it's a trip. So, uh, <laughs> whew. Uh, once upon a time, a long time ago, you know, there was an alcoholic from Philly who met this addict from Philly, and they got together, and uh, they had five little baby alcoholics and addicts. Okay, and uh, I'm one. I'm number. I'm, I'm I'm number four out of the five. So, 
But no, nah, I say that because like my my parents were like, I mean they they got it. It's in the bloodline, all the way. I mean you can't deny it. It's not like I accidentally stumbled across a bottle of booze. I mean, they had a long history of addiction in my mom's side and my dad's side. So they were like the worst combination you could possibly have. But they got married, okay. Uh, and anyway, but honestly, like my dad, like. I, 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 most of my memories of my dad were, like, vague because he wasn't there. You know, the addiction took him away from us. And uh, and that's how I grew up, like, longing for my father. See, I got, there's five of us, so just imagine, my mom and five of us. And thank God for recovery because guess what? She, she got sober sometime around when I was, like, three. So she was able to, you know, keep us alive. Yeah. That's what I say, because, like, it's hard. She was able to, you know, keep us, you know, take us to school and get us to feed us and do all that. But uh, I remember churches and stuff like this growing up. I remember that stuff. And uh, it was kind of cool thinking back. See, I didn't know what was happening at the time. But uh, my mom was our rock, but there was five of us and one of her. So guess what? From the, from the, from the beginning, I didn't get enough attention. You know, I love attention. And I knew that because I had to, as soon as I get to the school, you know, I'm cutting up. I'm the class clown, you know, the redhead, freckle-faced kid. And I always wanted more. Like, I always wanted to be something I wasn't, like, because I had, like, that something missing. And I really can't explain what it was, but I felt like, you know, why was I always looking elsewhere? Why wasn't I happy with who I was? You know, especially in school, it's like you had all these people to compare yourself to, and it was like, you know, the jocks, the the preps, and, you know, the uh, the, the grunge. And, and I was like, you know, I always wanted to be, like, everybody has, everybody knew, like, a Blake, you know, you know, with the hair. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about? Huh? Come on now. Blake or Aiden, you know. <laughs> I always had the new gear, and you know, but it's like, but really, what it was was a testament to the like that I was missing something, and you know, come to find out, I did have a lot to offer, but I just didn't feel that. So I wanted attention. I got attention. Class clown, cut up, got in trouble from from early on. You know, my household, it was from what I could remember, it was pretty stable. You know, we did things. My mom did a great job. My, my dad, though, in and out, in and out, in and out. And I think that was another thing I was missing. I always longed for that relationship because uh, I always was mesmerized by him. Really cool guy, Philadelphia guy. Um, you know, I thought he was, you know, so cool. He could play chess, so smart. But, you know, the truth was he was suffering too. And he, didn't, he wasn't there for us. That's the bottom line. And it's another example of addiction. So meanwhile, I went on through school, and, you know, I did my thing. I adapted. I, I had to survive, you know, and uh, I made it through, and I, I got diagnoses and medications, and, you know, they tried to fix me because they didn't know what was wrong with me. You know, the truth is, I think I just want, like, to be loved and accepted. I mean, just like everybody else. You know, no medication can fix that. You know, you can't have a chemical solution for, like, a spiritual problem, which was like that lack of love. I don't know. But, uh, you know, ADD, Tourette syndrome, you know, here's some Prozac, here's these other medicines. And I got, I got further isolated. 
because like when they when you stand out like that, they put you in these little classes. You know, when all I wanted to do was be with the big crowd, I end up make, making it worse. So I survived that, and then I found stumbled across you know these substances, alcohol, whatever. We I don't care. You know, I want to feel different. I want to fit in, and I started early. Uh, you know, 14. And when I found that, you know, that's what I did. It became a routine. You know, find what I could find and use it. And I started drinking, and I was drinking daily by the time I was 15, 16. It didn't matter. My household then was getting a little more, it wasn't so stable anymore. You know, my mom did great. She was in recovery. She had a very large load, all of us. She, she, she accomplished more in a lifetime than most people do. She did that in 12 years. Got the big job, got the master's degree. You know, my dad, though, he would come back, come back. And, you know, they were bad for each other. And I remember I was 15. He came back to live with us. And uh, right before that, my mom fell and, and broke her leg. She basically slipped on some ice, you know, a freak accident, and shattered her foot. And, uh, you know, that was pretty much the beginning of the end of my normal, my new normal, which was my mom took us from poverty to middle class. And we were finally, like, at a place where things were okay. We didn't have to struggle no more, and then she fell. And before you knew it, you know, she relapsed, and everything she had, and those 12 years were gone, two years, everything. House, car, we, had, we basically had to be displaced. My family had to be broken up. And, you know, guess what I did? Smile, laugh, you know, act like everything's okay, be the jokester, and drink, you know, because I, had, I couldn't take that pain. My dad, too, you know, guess what? He came, you know, and they, they just ran everything out down to the dirt, and then he left. So I, I think that at that time, I finally really thought I was going to have a relationship with him. And that, you know, that fizzled, and I was let down again, and that's just it. So uh, it's funny because right around that time was when I uh, basically uh, kidnapped my wife. Took her hostage. <laughs> Summer of eighth grade. Yep. I knew she was, you know, she, I knew she was great. Like, it was true love when I went up and smacked her books out of her hands, you know? <laughs> That's that real love. You know, that like, you know, boys, man. But we met at Summer of eighth grade, and she's pretty much the only person I've ever really been in a relationship with, ever. Um, and, uh, you know, we got really close because you know how that teen love is. First love, high school sweetheart. You know, uh, we got together so quick. And then, like, when my family, like, blew up, her family, like, took me in. So it was like when I'm, like, 17, by the time I'm 17, I'm living with these people. So it was like it was like a whirlwind, to be honest. I mean, I think back, and sometimes I never really tracked everything because I was drinking the whole time. It was Trying to go to school and drinking, you know, don't really mix. Uh, I mean, 
so, but that's what I did. And, you know, high school wasn't that much better. Still the same stuff. You know, I wasn't a bad kid. I was just, you know, dumb and a troublemaker. So I did I come to find out I'm like a genius. You know, I could do great. I could do the work like that. I was very smart, but, you know, I couldn't behave. So I missed out on school. Three-time freshman. You know, like, that's cool, right? No, hell no. Nah. You, you see your friends. <laughs> I'm like, I get older, and they stay the same age. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but truth is, all my friends are leaving. You know? I don't I mean, they're going on to the next grade and then the next one. And here I am, you know, biggest kid in the class, like, wondering what the hell. So that's high school for me. But anyway, it's, it was a tragedy because, like, and then I'm hearing this, like, this, like, suburban home, like, mom, dad, you know, like, they eat dinner at five or, and, you know, it was, like, weird. But the truth is, they saved my life. Imagine me out there on my own with a drinking problem at 17. I'd have been toast. This man tried to distill things in me. He taught me. He said, you ain't going to go to school, you're going to work. You know, you want to drop out of school, work, get your GED, do something. So that's kind of how it was. And then, you know, then my dad, you know, bang, dead, over though. Never got clean. You know, get a phone call in the middle of the night, and that's it. Gone. You know, and I got to go identify this man's body and the person that, you know, I just, I just wanted him to be in my life. Drugs. You know, I didn't get it, though. I didn't get it. I didn't get I, When I found stuff and the things I saw in my mom's house, in our house, needles, blood, you know, that stuff like that, like, just everything just turned to shit. Like, I tried to block all that out best I could. But truth was, that stuff was tragic, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that it was the drugs and alcohol. Like, I didn't get it. I just thought my family was just messed up. You know, a long line of deadbeat dads. So that's what happened. And uh, and then and then in my twenties, you know, that's what I did. Like when he passed away, at seventeen, going into eighteen, I drank for the next ten years. That's it. That's like what I did. That whole ten year period from eighteen to twenty eight, I drank and I worked and I tried to work. You know, I worked in restaurants where you can hide. You know, you can hide out. You get. I mean, hell, I can get hired anywhere. And uh, and I, I I could work, and you know it, it was okay to do the things that I was doing in that field, you know. I, but I didn't have no drive. I didn't have no ambition, you know. I didn't have no purpose. I was just existing. And the drinking got worse, and relationships, and you know me and this and and, and my girlfriend at the time, you know, like we were living together, like. You know, we're, we're not have a healthy relationship. We're just codependent. You know, we're not going to break up, you know, because that's all we have. So, and that's what it was. It was, a lot of, it was a lot of pain, but it was a lot of, like, ignore, numbing out, ignoring, you know, just trying to escape. And I can look back on that, like, the, the alcohol was great for that. I could, I could act like I'm just being in my 20s. I could put it on that. You know, I'm Irish. I could blame it on that. And uh, nobody ever said anything. Like, my, my family, all got, we all got GEDs. You know, and that was like, okay. 
Meanwhile, my mom struggled. She, she, after she relaxed, she, I mean, I never seen anything like it. The destruction of what addiction does to people. You know, from someone that I saw that was healthy as she was to like, you know, like a woman in dress suits going to work, picking up awards and like, you know, cutting down ribbons. You know, she was the director of ADS. You know, when they opened up the day market high point, she, that's, she cut the ribbon on that. She was big time to see that. And then here I am having to get called down to Walmart because she, she got caught shoplifting. You know, seeing her in that room like a little girl caught, got busted. You know, that stuff was painful, but I just drove on because that's what we do. Because we, you know, I'm an alcoholic and I drink. So anyway, the 20s just was a blur. And then that girl, her, then she, all of a sudden she, I'm pregnant. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, how'd that happen? <laughs> Ain't mine. That was funny. <laughs> I was like, because we never use protection. Something, something ain't right. But uh, no, it was like, true story. I think, I, I think at, at that time I wasn't smoking weed, so maybe it was mine, you know. But the truth is, like, that, that alarmed me. And guess what I did? Went celebrated. Got drunk. I'm going to be a dad. Everybody at the bar, ah, I'm going to be a dad. You know, and then we go get the, we go get the ultrasound. You know, it's like we're all excited. I'm like, and I'm thinking in my head, like, you know, I needed this. Because I ain't got shit. I got nothing to look forward to. Maybe a kid. Go there, heartbeat, nothing. Nothing. Never been so, never been so crushed. When you hear that damn thing, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to hear something. And it's this, no sound, no sound at all. I'm like, what's wrong, what's wrong with the damn machine? So we lost that child. But guess what I did? Huh? Got drunk. Celebrated or mourned, but yeah, because I mean I'm an alcoholic. It don't matter if it's a celebration or something tragic. I'm drinking. She got pregnant again. I was like, okay. This is a sign, and that's when right around. Guess what that was? Christmas 2008. I'm nearing the end, like, but this time though, it, I felt something. I felt something changing. But I'm an alcoholic. I could not drink. You know, she, she was drinking. But between that week of Christmas and New Year's, something happened. And I, I swear to God, I can't explain it to this day. All I know is for Christmas, my mom got me a big book. Now, meanwhile, my mom, she struggled like hell, but, man, she was a fighter. She was the strongest person I ever met. She just would continue to just grind on, try to instill us lessons in us, teach us, you know, learn from her mistakes, learn from your father, you know, tell us stories about the dysfunction and, like, how. And then she would start to tell me about this, this program. She would just be planting these seeds. See, I wasn't hearing it. But, uh, but, uh, but now I look back, it was... She was working on me. You know, she was talking about miracles and hope. 
and you know people happy you know like getting better and you ain't got to be like this no more and I'm you know it doesn't have to your story's not written like I mean I'm sitting back here thinking like it's just, it's already it's inevitable dad's drunk my mom's drunk whatever you know we're all a bunch of you know nobodies and I believe that and guess what that's why I did what that I did what I believe. You know, I got charges. I got a criminal record. I got, I'm driving around. Can't damn hold a license. Get that, finally get the license at 18. It's gone by the time I'm 19. Could never have all three. You know what I mean? Y'all know what I'm talking about if you're a real alcoholic. You know, driver's license, registration, and good tax. I'm talking about all three. <laughs> now, you, was, uh, you could get two... Uh, or one out of the three, and, you know, I got some, oh, my dad drives license. Well, sir, your ta- tags only belong to your car. <laughs> I'm like, what? What do you mean? So, huh? Somebody took my tags? Step out of the car, Mr. Franco. You know, but anyway, I asked my mom. My mom tried to work on it. You know, you're out, you might be alcoholic, bro. I'm like, what? She's like, what do you mean? Why do you think that? She's like, because your last name's Franco. That's why. <laughs> That's why. So I get Christmas. My mom gives me a big, shiny, big book, right? And my brother gives me a case of assorted beers. So which one, you know, I trashed the beers and read the book, right? <laughs> hell no. <laughs> Threw that book, book to the side. What the hell am I going to do with this? You know, but uh, honestly, though, like something was working on me, something was happening. You know, I started, it was almost like an epiphany. At the end of the day, closer to the new year, you know, I was getting excited about being a dad. And it all started to click, it made sense to me. Ever since day one, like my family, the reason why my family is like that is because of drugs and alcohol. Holy crap. And it like the cycle just kept on going, and here I was, about to do the same damn thing. I mean, what what what, what would have changed? Honestly. So she couldn't drink. My wife couldn't drink. You know, like and you know that night New Year's Eve, like first time, you know, I had this desire to not drink, and I never, I drank every single day. You know, I didn't drink that day. And there it was. And so the next day, New Year's Day, I was like, I'm about to get drunk because I didn't drink last night. So guess what? Go to the liquor store. Guess what? How'd y'all know that? I didn't know that. It's closed on New Year's Day. No liquor. And here's the sad part. I had $10 to my name. Me and Freddie looked at each other. I said, Freddie, so, you know, we got 10 bucks. What are we going to do? Can't get in the liquor. Wasn't enough money to get drunk. Off beer. That's that's the that's the truth. That day I went and grabbed that book. I swear to God, I grabbed a book out of nowhere and started reading the son of a bitch. Not only that, I had a book like, <laughs> like as seen on TV. Like the mother, my old lady looking at me like, what in the? Yeah, I, she ne- I never read a book in my life. I swear to God. 
I don't have the attention span. I'm an ADD. I'm, I'm a spaz. Here I am at the, in the bed with the damn book went. I'm like, this is good right here. 1920, stockbroker, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, alcohol. I started reading it, but really, like, my mom, you know, it was like, I was like, yeah, I could do this. Like, mom, 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 what do I do? She birthed me into this thing. She showed me. When I was ready, she was ready. She showed me where to go, looked up the meeting, pointed me in the direction. I showed up. I had, like, this whole new feeling in myself. I, 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 I had, honestly, something happened to me. I went to the meeting. I mean, and it was, it was like big, tall giants and stuff like that. I mean, that's my story. But it was like the tall John and uh, Boy Watkins and, all, you know, just, just these tall, gentle giants, and they welcomed me. You know, it was the first meeting, Wednesday, Green Street. And I, we had the meeting. I made the coffee, and I bombed the coffee, you know, and I can't mess with alcoholics' coffee, you know. And I'm like, I, I aim to please. I botched it. You know, my first day, you know, embarrass myself. I, I make the coffee wrong. Never make coffee in my life. But you know, those guys love me, man. They, and they, they just, they brought me in. And I kept, I went, I couldn't wait to go back the next day. I'm like, what am I doing? What, what is this? You know, they were praying all in harmony, like a, you know, like a real seance, like creepy like. <laughs> and I wanted more. I wanted more. So. You know, you would think, like, that's a miracle. How you stop drinking on your own? Like, so, 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 so. I'm smoking a little bit of weed. Yeah. I didn't really know that you couldn't smoke weed. I was like, I thought you just couldn't drink. Anyway, that's, what, that's what it said. I mean, it says right there. <laughs> the only requirement is desire to stop drinking. That's the only one. So my mom was like, my mom, she, kept, she just catched me on everything. She was like, okay, Brian, well. But if you ever want to recover, you need 100% abstinence, 100%. So guess what? I had to start over. I had three months, and I picked up a chip. I had three months sobriety. You know, you think my family wanted me sober? They made a damn certificate and said, like, three months of sobriety. Congratulations. They made that for me. And I had to start over, and it hurt. But guess what? Best thing I ever did. I picked up that chip. I ain't never looked back. And that was March 7, That was March 18, 2009, Green Street. I kept going to that meeting. Then I transitioned to Early Bird, and I seen people, man. Y'all still here. They still here. True. You know, they welcomed me. And I was a train wreck. I was 240-pound, thug, Irish, freaking hooligan. <laughs> no education, no job, no nothing. There was a kid on the way. And they saved me. And then I joined the Saturday morning's men group. Best thing I ever did. They saved my life. Because they were men. And these men, you know, they didn't beat their wives. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they were in their kids' lives. You know, they had healthy marriages. They had careers. And I was like, I, I, I was attracted to it. No one forced me into this. I wanted that. Kind of find out what I was chasing the whole time was that. The whole time I was out there ripping and running, I was chasing that feeling of basically integrity, respect, honor, dignity. You know, people like respecting me. They, they, they liked me for me. I didn't have to put on a show. 
You know, because you got to imagine the rawest form they, 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 they brought me in. So those men's groups saved my life. And, you know, I had that kid six months sober, and, I, and it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. That's my son, Brody. He's like my twin. And he saved my life. Because that was a gift. And I was like, I ain't never, I, you know, I didn't promise him nothing. I just did it. I was like, you're not growing up around this damn shit. This drunk alcohol stuff. I mean, I ain't going to have it. Sober dad, bringing that kid to the meetings. I went on it. She got pregnant again. Yep. All of a sudden, I'm fertile. Fertile Myrtle. I mean, dang. <laughs> Out the blue. Fertile Myrtle. I don't know how you're going to translate that. <laughs> I mean, Ginger Central. I mean, my kids come spitting, spitting images. Redheads look just like... I mean, dang, I was like, wow, this is great, boy, girl, you know, I'm in school. I just had this whole new drive. My mom's, you know, proud of me. My brother and sister's proud of me. I got, you know, I, I got a job. I just started to, like, experience this stuff. And, you know, guess what I did? It's because I did exactly what they told me to do. Kept coming back, got a sponsor, you know, got a home group, got a network, started praying, read the book, you know, read the literature, I mean, hang, I just started doing I did it. This is exactly what they told me to. But guess what? It worked. In that six months period, like I had no desire to drink. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, why am I not drunk? What the hell? What'd y'all do to me? I look at Brett. Every time I see Brett, I think he's bamboozled me. Tricked me into this thing. Now I love it. And there wasn't no looking back. And guess what? You know, I did a service where I did everything I was supposed to do. And I got the results, and then my, you know, I had those kids. I had, I had a great marriage. You know what? But I got my first dose. What they were talking about is the ego. You know, I got that. I, I never experienced that in, when I was drinking, because I was just a, you know, I was a nothing. I never, never knew what it was felt. Look, what they were talking about. Watch out for ego and success. And it's like I, I didn't get that, but I got it. Because when I got the, the results, I got the, I started taking credit for stuff. You know, I started thinking I'm a big shot. Because I never experienced that before. People respected me. People liked me. You know, I lost weight. You know, I started to be getting attention, you know, that I, that I always wanted. You know, and it, it wasn't good for me. You know, I, I, I'm a, I like to be on the bottom, what a humility is. But, you know, I had to learn through that. You know, I got selfish. You know, I, I I played a part in my separation. You know, that, that beautiful family. And then the third kid came and reality hit. I got three kids. It's stressful. Marriage takes work. You know, you know I, I'm over here like I'm doing something. I don't forgot where I came from. You know, so when I look back in hindsight, I'm not no victim. You know, I was gone all the time, school, work, you know, just, just, I, I was just running full steam ahead. And like, I was getting the results because I wasn't drinking. 
and I was doing a program, but I kind of, you know, I got lost. I got lost. I'll be the first one to admit it. Now I kind of neglected my wife and took took her for granted because she was, you know, a stay-at-home mom, and I'm out here. You know, I'm out here like, you know, I'm a big time. And so my marriage suffered. Selfishness, self-centeredness, all that stuff that they were talking about, like I didn't really, I didn't get that. And the program was the antidote, but, you know, I, I wasn't using it like I could have, you know. So, and, and guess what? I got a lot of pain from that. So, and it wasn't AA. AA was always there. They stayed consistent. The only thing consistent in my life was AA. It was me, you know. So, uh, I, I got my dose of humility, you know, the hard way. You know, that perfect image that I was so working on hard to, to, to prove, like, look at me, look at my family, you know, look how beautiful we are. You know, like, it was like an a image. And the truth is, I wasn't putting in the work to make that true. So, you know what they say, you can't build, you know, a glass house like that because it's going to come down. And, you know, I played a... I played my part, I owned my part, and my wife, we separated, and she got, she became an addict, you know, and that's why, you know, I'm a single dad. And she suffered. And those kids suffered. I suffered. And I, you know, and guess what I did? I had, I had AA. That's the difference. That's why my kids aren't in DSS right now. That's why, like, I mean, that's why they trust me. They rely on me because I had y'all, and guess what? I can't, you know, that I never, I never left. I just got distant. So I was, you know, that's that's how I felt. I felt like I was distant, and my, I got the results from that. But yet, I turned my back, and there they all were. When I was like, I need some fucking help. There they were. They came rushing in, you know, supporting me. And, and, and then I'm like, you know, I didn't play the victim. You ask anybody I know. Because I did, I, recovery taught me to own my part. That's why I'm not angry at her. <laughs> That's why I'm not angry at drugs or, or the, the doctors that prescribed her medications that got her all messed up. Truth is, you know, I look at my part, and I got to say, you know what? I need to do what I can, clean my side of the street. Until she gets better, I'm going to take care of these kids. And I do. You know, I keep, I keep, I keep them alive. Just like my mama. <laughs> Feed them. Take them to school. Go to school. It's time to go to school, y'all. I battle. Fighting with a seven-year-old. Y'all know what that's like? Full-blown tantrum this morning. I mean, full-blown, my four-year-old, friendly. You know, and uh, that's, that's, that's what they know now. They know that. It's, I never changed the structure because that's what I did. I went and asked for help. So remember when I told you that I learned basically the fundamentals? That first year of recovery taught me everything I needed to know. I just needed to apply it, and, I, and then I learned through trial and error. That's what recovery is. It don't, I, I could have avoided some of this pain. You know, but I just want to let you know that, you know, if I don't drink, I don't lose my membership. I don't lose that support. And so that's what I own. I can be proud of that. The only thing I did perfectly was not drink. Ten years. 
And because of that, guess what? I'm able to survive these things, and I'm able to learn from my mistakes like I have. I got a whole new appreciation for people and, and, and moms and single moms and all that. You know, I got a whole new uh, reality check, and I feel humble. That it's, not, it's not the cockiness it used to be. It's more like confident that I believe that I'm going to be okay as long as I don't drink. I believe that, and you can see it. So, yeah, the last three years have been hell. You know, guess what? My mom that birthed me in the recovery was there to pick up my seven-year chip. She was dead two months later. May of 2016. And, uh, and that was a tragedy because, you know, she, 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 she did this for me. You know, she didn't get to see me graduate from college. You know? And that she, she gave me the hope. She, she pointed me in the direction of the rooms. But, you know, another miracle. You know, I went, to, went back to school, got an education. You know, I'm able to finish something when I started. And got a job, got a job that I love. So when, you know, stuff hit the fan, guess who was there? Y'all. Y'all, y'all. Sponsor. I had the same sponsor for seven years now. So seven going on eight. You know, guess what? Get a sponsor. I'd like to tell you. And my first one didn't work out. I remember being on top of a, of a funeral home. Doing a big book study. Wondering, like, what in the hell? Why are we on top of Forbes and Dick? No, no, Forbes and Dick. Why are we on top of this funeral home reading book, reading the big book? Can we not find any other place? <laughs> but that's what we did. So, like, when I look back, I, I just think about, like, what they teach us in treatment centers and, and early recovery. Like, they're just, they're trying to tell you what the, how they did it. And if you just have enough willingness to try this thing, you might, you're going to be amazed before you're halfway through. Because the promises came true. They promised me. They promised me. Like, that's, that's a strong word. They got promises in the big book. They read it to you. That they're promising you that. Intuitively know how to handle situations used to baffle me. I couldn't do nothing. I, I mean, I couldn't get myself out of nothing. I used to make it worse. My mom dies, I raised $5,000. But she didn't have a dime to her name because of addiction. I raised money. I, I planned the funeral. I did that. You know, like, I, I, I just intuitively did it. And that's how messed up my family is. My sister over there, you know, getting the house ready for her to come home. Right? My brother's like, we need to fly her to Duke. We got to get her to Duke. Duke Hospital. I'm like, Mike, 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 what you talking about? She's on her last. She's about to go. But I was the stable mind. My older brother, he's damn at the house getting the rest of the pills. Where's the pills? He's looking at bags. Liquid bag. Hmm, what's this? I mean, and here I am, you know, steady. I didn't. I couldn't do that on my own. You know, you're gonna be away, amazed for you halfway through. Come on, I don't know what halfway is, but I was blown away. Real quick. So when I think about what recovery is today, you know, I wake up sober, and I, I got a mission. You know, don't drink. Don't hurt people. You know, try to help people. I mean, it's real, it's real basic. I got to do some work. 
I got to maintain this thing. It's like a fire, you know. I got to keep I got to keep putting wood on it. I got to keep that fire roaring. I remember when it was smolder. That's a dark place, y'all. You don't want to be there. I don't know what's worse, being sober and in a dark place or, or drunk. Because I ain't had nothing to numb out. I was just in pain. But guess what? It was still smoldering. You know, all I had to do was get some help, put some wood on it, blow on it, get it back going. You know, and today, like, I, I ebb and flow. Yeah, I call my sponsor still. You know, I go to meetings. I try to help people. But truth is, I got a lot on my plate. You know, I can't do as much as I want. You know, I, I still, I'm still cleaning up the wreckage of my present. I mean, my wife's still suffering right now. You know, and I got to just maintain, hold down the fort, pray for her. Because you couldn't get me sober. Nobody could. She's got to reach her journey. And, you know, who knows? Who knows? Right now, I'm all, I'm all right with where I'm at. I'm okay that, you know, I wasn't maybe the best husband or the best coworker, friend, but can't tell me nothing about being dad. That's my pride and joy. And he will see me drunk. No way. So, that's it. That's my story. Hold the question, hold the question, hold the question. Hold the question.